Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. I am super excited because today we have a very special guest here with us live in the in the Beyond Sunday studio, uh, aka the discipleship team office. We have with us Jenny Katrin. She is the founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. She is an author, a leadership coach. She uh, just spent some time with us and our staff here at Bethlehem Church uh, talking about culture and creating an extraordinary team culture. And she is just a, she, she hosts uh, coaching groups all over the country. And we are just so excited to have her here with us. She's a friend of mine and she's been on the Beyond Sunday podcast before, uh, but it was uh, over, over, over a Skype call. So we're actually really excited to have her here in person. Welcome Jenny to Beyond Sunday. Thanks for having me. It is fun to be in the room, yeah, right? In the room where it happens. <laughs> That's right. So it is awesome to be with you guys. Appreciate just your um, influence and leadership and excited to connect today. Awesome. Well, one thing uh, that I wanted to kind of give to our listeners too is that, uh, so Chevis, our worship leader uh, here at Bethlehem and I have been a part of your women's coaching cohort. Mm -hmm. um, and so talk a little bit about that, kind of that passion and, and what you do with the Foresight Group. Sure, sure. Yeah, we, um, so I have loved all things leadership for probably as long as I can remember. I don't remember somebody like telling me I was a leader. I remember just kind of being a leader and showing up and like, feeling like I needed to like step in and take responsibility. So, yeah. um, so God has just opened doors through the years to be able to be in those positions of influence and leadership. And I just see that as a really sacred responsibility. So I've done that yes. in the corporate world. I've done that in ministry space. And then now through the Foresight Group, we work specifically with um, leaders and teams on helping leaders be strong and healthy and helping their teams be strong, healthy, and effective. Yeah. And, uh, and so we do that through a myriad of ways. It's executive coaching one-on-one -on -one with leaders. It's uh, partnering with an organization and helping them take a look at their culture and helping them define what the, what do they look like at their best and how can we help them live into that. Yeah. And um, so that's what I get to do now. But like a part of my journey has always been, I've often been the first female in the room, mm -hmm. whether that was in ministry spaces or even in corporate environments, uh, just recognizing I was often the first female to show up. And so I just had a passion for helping equip other women leaders who found themselves in similar places. Yeah. And so that's what we've done through the cohort that you and Chevis were able to be a part of is yeah. just gather a group of about 20 women for a season and go on a journey together of learning, growing, supporting, encouraging each other. And um, that's one of the, my favorite things I get to do. I think we've done cohorts for 13 years now. Wow. So there are hundreds of women who have gone through the cohorts. I had no idea yeah. that it was that you had it together it's, for that long. It's just, it's such a gift because I'll bump yeah. into people from a cohort 10 years ago and still have really sweet relationships and to see what they're doing and how they're flourishing in the places God has them. Wow. Um, it's just a lot of fun. I think I was a part of the cohort in 2021. 
uh, and I'm still friends. Like we still connect with the, with the, you know, the breakout groups yeah. and, yep. um, and I, we still, we still meet, we still get together. Yeah. Still keep yeah. in touch. And, uh, just those relationships that we formed on, and it's all online. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, they last. And then you host the retreat at your yeah. house in Wisconsin, yeah. which was so much fun. And I was able to attend that this, uh, September of yeah. 2022. Yeah. We try to do a mix of everybody's busy. So in, especially in COVID, we were like, okay, we got to figure out how to do this online and, um, right. and really facilitating those conversations and relationship. I love how you talked about you still being connected to your mastermind group. Yeah. And that's like, that to me is the win when we walk away and you've made significant connections and relationships with other women in the group and that those relationships continue to flourish because mm-hmm. that's the strength of that community, the support with each other. Um, that's really the power of it. So yeah. that's, that to me is the win. And we have, we have, there's a group that's probably like one of the very first groups 12 or 13 years ago. And I think some of those ladies still get together. They'll go to the beach together. Like, that. I'm like, and, but did you invite me? Like, I don't remember getting that invitation, like like, jokingly, but I'm like, I just love that it fostered relationships that like continue on and and help uh, just be supportive to each other. I think Heather Mangum, our friend from 12 Stone, she she was, was was she a part of the original group? She was in one of the early groups. I'm trying to remember which year she, I'm so bad about remembering the years. That's okay. Um, But yeah, she was in (laughs) one of, she was in one several years ago. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was funny. We we kind of showed up at the same time and we're like, hey, what are you doing here? So it was neat to kind of, we're both from Georgia, uh, meeting each other in Wisconsin. So it's just really uniting, unifying group to be with like-minded women and uh, and just the support that you give to, uh, to leaders. It's mm-hmm. incredible. So thank That's you awesome. for doing that. So talk about a little bit about, um, I, I know your story, but you've really led in a lot of different um, in a different, a lot of different areas. You've been in the music business, mm-hmm. Christian music business, and then you've been in ministry, yeah, uh, full time ministry, and now you kind of lead. Um, you lead in in every arena, really. Sure. Yeah. So talk about a little bit about that journey. Sure. Yeah. I. Um, yeah. It, it. It's funny. You know. It's one of those things you reflect on and you see just God kind of orchestrating your yeah. steps, and you're like, I couldn't have mapped that path, but I'm really grateful for it. But I. I. I had a dream as a little girl to work in the music business. I loved um, the Christian music world and. I knew I wasn't a performer, so I needed to go the route of the business side of things. Yeah. And I had a really like just a gift of an experience. Like I had phenomenal leaders uh, in that context, um, really God honoring leaders who also invested in me. And so I had just a wonderful first work experience, which I realized most people don't get that gift. Yes. And it was the ice cream shop, right? Was well, it? Or is, yes. The ice cream the shop. First... <laughs> yes. As a, as a teenager, that yeah. was like, that was like a phenomenal, like, um, foundational, foundational mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. And then my first full-time job at the record company was, mm-hmm. it was just like, they were really intentional with development and threw me in the deep end, gave me opportunities that I had no business, you know, getting entrusted with, but it, the belief in me and that, like that belief in me, that development of my leadership skills really like just set an expectation for me that has informed everything else I've done. So I went into ministry, my husband and I were a part of a church in Nashville and we were just volunteers helping plant the church. And then, yeah, Three years in, I went on staff as executive director and had the privilege of serving that team um, through crazy season of growth from one campus in a school gymnasium to six campuses across the greater Nashville area. 
and um, was able to just be a, a big part of recruiting the staff, developing the team, um, and, you know, and leading through all of those seasons of growth. And what I've really, like, what stands out in those experiences, and this is why I love how just God weaves things together, is my heart for leaders and teams mm -hmm. just kept rising to the top. That it was like whatever environment I was put in, yeah. it was like if a leader is strong and healthy, if the team is strong and healthy, our ability to achieve our mission just is magnified. And yeah. so now, you know, we'll do that with, like you said, we, we still do a lot of work with churches. And so I love days like this where yeah. I get to come and hang out with the church staff and I'm, we're on the heels of Easter. So we're celebrating what God has Woo. done through Bethlehem church yes. at Easter. <laughs> and, um, and I love those stories. I love being so connected to seeing what God is doing through the local church. And then, but it's, it's really beautiful to see that in, we serve a lot of nonprofits mm -hmm. that are often faith-based nonprofits that are doing really good work around the world yeah. and being able to partner with them and how do we help them build great teams that are on mission and then businesses yeah. and seeing them, you know, when, when business leaders um, are, especially we'll often work with business leaders who are people of faith and they may not be able to be overt about their faith in the workplace but they want another trusted voice who's saying, hey, we're aligned on values and principles and like helping shape that with my team. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I help mm -hmm. my team be unified and strong and so on mission together? Uh, and sometimes it'll be, you know, th their own business. And so they are more overt about their faith, but sometimes they're leading a division of a company and they trust us to come in and say, hey, help us build a healthy team. Right. And that alignment around our values is kind of what, what, um, connects us in yeah. that. So it's really, it's really a lot of fun. I love that. And so you're coming at a really great time for us, for our church, for our team, uh, because we're leading our church through, you know, growth. Yeah. And, you know, we're in the middle of a, our because initiative where we are, uh, getting ready to sell the current property that mm -hmm. we're in and move and build a new property. So, um, so yeah, so that's exciting. And you've led groups through change like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've experienced, you've, you've actually gone through it yourself. And so, um, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about, um, kind of the pressures that, that we will face and, and the challenges that we'll experience, but how we can overcome that and navigate through it. Sure. That, I love that question because those are the things, especially good change, right? I mean, change is hard and sure. not all, you know, everybody will have a different perspective on change. Sure. But, um, you know, in this case, this is exciting change. It's growth related change. It's, you know, you guys living out your mission even more deliberately. And so at, at surface value, it's like, oh, this is fun, good, exciting change, yeah. especially for those of us that are more connected to the day-to-day -day of it. So as, mm -hmm. you know, the staff team, yes. you're in the day-to-day -day of like the decision-making and the sharing the vision and, you know, the next steps on the building project and all of this. Yeah. But the reality is that it like, there's a change coming for all of us and change is often one of the things that is the most disruptive to cultures, mm -hmm. like to mm -hmm. the health of an organization or the health of a team is the unexpected of change. And right. what I realized in some of the similar moves that I've done with on the church staffs that I've been a part of was that we were so excited about the new, but we weren't anticipating how it would, like what it would feel like. Yeah. Like we anticipate the positive, but we forget the, oh, wow, this is uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, or unknown. I mean, the unknown is almost the bigger part, right? It's like yeah. all of a sudden we're all first time guests for, you know, so like when you all move into this yes. new building, 
everybody's a first time guest yes. again. Yeah. And so you don't know like your normal routines or, um, uh, I, I love what Seth Godin has said about change as he says that, um, people don't like change because they don't like this feeling of incompetence that mm. they feel with change. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. in any change, I don't know how to do this. Right. I've never done this before. Yeah. And so I don't know where to park. I don't know where I sit. I don't know where to find the coffee. I don't know how to get to the kids ministry area. Like all of a sudden, and, and what I've seen happen yeah. sometimes is that you don't really think about it until it's like right in front of you. And all of a sudden it's all uncomfortable because I don't know how to do it. So I feel incompetent. Mm. And now I start to doubt and question. Wow. And so, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I just encourage everybody, you know, when you're about to go through change, even if it's really good change is to anticipate, okay, what's going to feel unknown or uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, especially as ministry people, and I've heard this from you guys, you know, is that we so want people to feel known, connected, that they belong. Like yes. that's the heart of who you are as a church. That's right. So then going, okay, how can all of us contribute to that being the experience, even in a big transition and even in change, mm. how do we help connect with one another, feel known, belong, um, even in just figuring out the newness of, of something new? Right, right. So I think that's great. This I'm Kevin, by the way. I'm honored to sit in. <laughs> Kevin just appeared. Today. Right. <laughs> I just think that's just really powerful. And I think about, you know, thousands of people who attend church here who are very involved and they're mm -hmm. very comfortable, but in a good way. They're all about the mission. Yeah. Um, yep. That it's going to be super important as we get closer to this time that they re that we remind ourselves of what the mission is. That's and, right. And why we're doing this so that we can and we're anticipating that this is going to be different and, and change is hard for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most everybody. Uh, so we're anticipating that it's going to be difficult and it's going to be a challenge for everybody, but just reminding ourselves, this is the mission. This is That's the vision. Right. And so for church, people who are listening that are, that attend our church, mm -hmm. our leaders and volunteers, um, it's going to be different. And mm -hmm. we just need to recognize that. So then it becomes, I take as a personal challenge for me as a church member, what, what is my role in this? How do That's I right. contribute to this new place and help it have that same culture of where I'm known and I'm cared for mm -hmm. uh, a place that we can care for people and a place that we can be, we can care for other people and, and place people can care for us. Um, both of those things are important and I need to play a role in that. So yeah. I just, I think that's great. I, I thank you for your um, insight into that. I think it's a powerful moment. It will be a powerful moment when we move into that building for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's such a like, and seeing what God does in that, like, is always so powerful. But I think we're better prepared. You know, one of the things we talk about in our leadership coaching is um, just the power of self-awareness. Like, you know, lead yourself well to lead others better is always what we talk about. And so for every person who is a part of Bethlehem Church, it's like, you know, you guys are all going to be excited about this move, but anticipating, okay, what's this going to feel like for me? Because in addition to you all technically being first, first timers, you know, that first Sunday that you walk in, you're going to have hundreds, thousands, possibly of guests who also come because it's like, oh, they opened the new church. Like, so it's like, you know, so how can you anticipate and be ready for, okay, this is going to feel different. That's okay. Um, here's how I can prepare myself and be aware of, I might feel a little, you know, like disrupted, yeah. but this is good. I'm on mission. Like yeah. you said, Kevin, like I'm on mission. This is why we're doing this. It's, it's a, it's bigger than just me. You know, this is, the next step of growth that God is calling us to as a ministry mm -hmm. and how do I help really be able to, I've paid attention to how this is going to feel for me 
and I've settled that so I can be present for yeah. everybody else too. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that that mission to me, what you said is, is just super key. Yeah. Um, yep. Because it's, it's, uh, if I go into it thinking I've, we've seen it before at places that I've served that you move into a new building and everybody goes, Oh, we did it. We've arrived. Uh-huh. Yes. And yes, we yes, forget yes. the mission. And so, and then there's that uncomfortable time for members, but then when the mission is not forefront, we miss all those new people yeah. that we have an opportunity mm. to, to reach with the gospel. That's right. Um, and that's why we would move into this new building, not just to create space for us. That's right. Um, but for the people that's in our right. community who don't know Jesus yet. So yeah. just being po- focused on that mission is super important. Yeah. Love and I love that you you said this in our all staff meeting that, uh, you know, that growth is implied in, in Scripture. God said, fill the earth and subdue it. Um, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... That is, uh, that is such a core um, value that we have is, you know, that we're for all people uh, and, and we want to make room That's right. for, you know, for as many people as possible. So talk about some of the practical, like, have you, what are some examples that you've seen churches do or organizations do really well mm-hmm. to make people feel known? Um, and connected and bo- and to feel like they belong. And then some maybe, maybe some examples where you've seen them not do it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A um, couple things come to mind. Uh, I think, so as leaders, whether it's in a ministry, it's in a business, like whatever like span of care you have. So people that you have influence with, whether it's staff that you directly manage or volunteers that you're leading or you know, congregants that you're, you know, leading in a small group, whatever the context might sure. be, that um, that you're, first of all, relationally connecting is always the start of everything. You, We've talked before about yep. my book, The Four Dimensions, and we talk about how heart is like the start of it. It's like, you know, we yes. want to lead from heart, soul, mind, and strength. But that relational connection, whatever the purpose is, you know, whatever strategy we're trying to engage, that relational piece is so core of mm-hmm. like, how can I just see people and be present to them? That's one of the things. So I'm a incredibly driven leader. Mm-hmm. I, my agenda is always ridiculous. And <laughs> like, I'm always up moving on to the next thing. Like yeah. I'm always like hurried to the next thing. And one of the things that I feel like God is constantly challenging me with is to slow down and be present, like mm. in the moment where I am connected with the people that I'm with, instead yeah. of anticipating what's the next thing I'm doing or the next thing I'm doing or the next thing I have to get done. Yeah. Like, where am I and am I present there? That's and it's a, ch- it's a stretch for me. Like the more driven you are as a leader, the more challenging that can be. Mm-hmm. And, but I think every time um, that I feel like I've maybe been the most successful in my leadership, if I want to say it that way, right? Like, is when I've been the most present to That's people, good. right? Yeah. Um, one of the the phrases, little axioms that I use to help myself is slow down to see people, mm-hmm. just slow mm-hmm. down to see people. And so even in the growth and even in like the um, scaling of what God is doing, especially through Bethlehem, it's like seeing the, seeing the individual, seeing the one. I'm always struck by that as you look at Jesus' life and story, like through scripture, it's like whoever he was with, he was with. Yeah. Even yeah. though there were thousands, yeah, right? Yeah. Like whoever right. he was with, he was with. And so um, trying to keep that kind of front and center, I think is just kind of is, is helpful. Um, and then I, clarity, I like a big word that I come back to so yes. often is people just need to know where they fit and what's expected of them. Yeah. And so whether it's a volunteer team that you're leading, like helping them understand the role and how we need them to contribute and why that matters, how it's connected back to our mission, right? Like when right. people see, oh, this 
this thing that I'm doing, serving coffee on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. helps people feel, you know, we all feel more comfortable with a cup of coffee in our hands. That's so that right. first time guest who walks in the door, and I don't even know if y'all serve coffee. I we didn't do. pay attention to that, but I assume <laughs> yes. you do because most 3, of us do that. Over 300,000 cups a year. There That's, you go. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. right. So the person who's prepping coffee on a Sunday morning, the person, you know, the, a guest comes in and just a cup of coffee in their hand makes them feel a little more comfortable, a little more at ease. They know what to do with their yes. hands, right? Because we never know what to do with our hands in <laughs> un- unknown circumstances. Yes. And, um, but if they understand, hey, it's not just about making the coffee. Like, like providing the clarity mm. for here's what we functionally need you to do. I love like, that. Show up at this time, make the coffee. Here's how you make the coffee, but here's why you make That's the right. coffee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That clarity of connecting the dots all the way through helps people engage in yeah. a meaningful, meaningful way. And so you can translate that. That happens in corporations. That happens on volunteer teams. It happens on, at church staff level. Like providing people clarity to know where they fit and why it matters mm-hmm. um, gives them such a sense of purpose and belonging. Yes. And people are going to go where they feel seen and known and yes. connect, connected yep. and loved. And yep. so, yeah, I just, I, I love that. You've, you've been a part of some large churches and seen them go from where you were, I think you said number five on staff yeah. and, and then became one of 75 on staff mm-hmm. just in a few years. So do you see a temptation as the church grows? And we've experienced a lot of phenomenal growth here by God's grace for sure um, that as the church grows has it become a temptation just to be a, a people moving organization or a people moving machine yeah um, and I, I say that coming off the heels of Easter where we had um, over 9,000 yeah, over 9,000 almost 9,200 people over 17 different services um, and that Sunday Easter morning it, it there was a part of me that was tempted I wasn't as present as I should have been hearing mm-hmm. you say that convicted me because I was trying to think about getting the next group of people in. Sure, yeah. And now all of a yeah. sudden, I'm just a people-moving person. I'm uh-huh. not an individual, like, yeah. looking them in the eye and being present with them and loving on them um, on Easter Sunday morning where it's a, such an important day for their family. Sure. But I could see the same temptation just for our volunteers. For and, sure. of course, you know, it, it, it all goes downhill. It comes from, from the top down. So as we lead teams, as we lead volunteers, as volunteers lead volunteers, yeah. Um, it can, yeah. I can see where that would become a temptation. For sure. For sure. And, um, and first of all, that, it's a tension, right? Like, yeah. because there were logistically a lot of things y'all had to do on Easter Sunday to just facilitate people being able to attend a service. So like, not to discredit the fact that it probably was a, a in a, like, I love your heart in that of like that recognition of, gosh, it was hard to be present with people because I just logistically had to help facilitate a lot. So there's a tension in that. I do think that as um, our ministries or organizations grow, like being really present to the, the, the temptation to drift towards just seeing crowds. I, I, I referenced this when we were talking to the staff earlier today, but one of the things that I noticed with one of my teams was as, as our congregation would get bigger, it was kind of the curse of the crowd. We would see the crowd instead of seeing the individual. Mm. Yes. And so that's a posture of the heart that we would just really focus on as a team of, how do we stay present to individuals and conscious of, um, so I, I talk a lot, even in organizational life, whether it's ministry or our business span of care, that every leader needs to be intentional about what's my actual span of care. And in the corporate world, that means how many direct reports do I have? It means the same in ministry, but it might be how many volunteer leaders or how many volunteers on my team. Mm. But we only, Jesus had 12. 
yeah. right? Like yeah. in his direct span of care. So I pretty much think none of us need more than 12. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So anytime I have more That's than 12 good. people who I'm directly responsible for, I have mm. to raise the flag and go, okay, wait, is that a reasonable span of care? Can I be... Mm present engaged and and now it's different than just greeting people as they come in on sunday right you know but if if each of us has let's say 12 leaders that we're responsible for and they in turn have 12 and they in turn have 12 like if everybody's you know and i realize that's just kind of simple math but if each of us are intentional with our span of care yeah then everybody gets cared for yeah. and so um and again it also you know in the church world it's like I want to look every every person I can look in the eye as they come in the door. I want to smile and greet them and say hello. I'm not going to know all the intricacies of their life, but I'm going to know my 12 really well. Mm. Like, yeah. But if we're doing it right, somebody will. But somebody and will. I, and yeah. I watched that. I, I was convicted by what you said, and it took me back to a moment on Easter Sunday morning where people were coming in, and there were guys holding the doors, and they weren't just holding the doors from what the, the doors I, were, I was looking at. Those guys weren't just holding the doors for people coming in. They were hugging people. They knew mm, people as they yeah, came in. Yep. Yes. It was a, it, some of those people who came through were part of their span of care. Yes. Uh, but they were, they, they were seeing individuals better than I was, which uh -huh. I'm ashamed to say. Oh, um, well. But, but that's, that's the way the church should operate. Like, for sure. So yeah. Because we all can't do it for everyone, but somebody should do it for someone. Yeah. yeah. For who we can. Yeah. I remember uh, Sean Lovejoy recently came and, and spoke to our staff. And he said, one of the things that he said uh, that, that I just loved was, you know, uh, as a staff, no matter how big you get, no matter how busy you are, make it a point on Sunday to to be out there and, and in the lobby, right, hang right. out in the lobby. Yeah. And that is, those are my favorite Sundays. Yes. Like when we can, we have those moments to stand out in the lobby and just talk yeah. and just meet people and yeah. greet them and connect with them. And that's where, like, for me, a lot of the discipleship magic happens because you make those relationships. Totally. And then you never know. I mean, God does some really cool things with stories. Uh, we just, you know, had a life story of a couple and, and shared their amazing. You get to hear people's life change stories mm -hmm. and get yeah. to know them. And that that is that is my favorite part of, of the Sunday service. We that's do a so lot good. of cool things. We have Discover Bethlehem, get to meet people that way. And so we do have ways where we we're connecting with people in small groups, uh, serving, but, um, but yeah, just hanging out in the lobby on a Sunday is always my favorite. That's favorite so good. I love your heart and that Angela, because again, as we get, as we grow, it gets easier to assume I'm not missed if I'm not. That's right. And, you know, yeah. and I, um, I was visiting a church uh, a couple of weeks ago and I showed up and I happened to know the, the church team and, um, none of the staff were in the lobby. Hmm. And I thought, this is really interesting. Now, I don't know exactly why. Maybe they had something going on chaotically behind the scenes and like the few minutes before the service, they couldn't be there. But it but it stood out to me because like, I think just the be still being connected and hearing stories, because that's when yeah. that's when everybody who's showing up is thinking church, mm -hmm. is thinking, this is my community. How can I be a part here? And however we can help make connections and be like, create the engagement and hear their stories. And, and I always told our teams when I was on church staff that Sundays I was with the people and it gave me my marching orders for the week. Like That's then I just, so I just learned, okay, what do they need? Wow. What are they responding to? What's going on in their lives? What's going on in their stories? And if you listen, you hear themes that help inform you. Okay. What do we do? What do we need to do from a discipleship standpoint? Mm -hmm. Because I'm hearing just the the nuances of everybody's lives 
and they're thinking church, they're engaged and actually want to talk to me because during the week, getting uh, church members to respond to an email, <laughs> it, it's hard. Like, yeah. I'm not making fun of them because yeah, they're no. busy. Like, they've got, you know, I remember, and I would be prior to being on church staff, I thought I was a good, faithful volunteer, but I promise you, I wasn't looking at that email until Friday night or Saturday morning for serving on Sunday sure. because I had a zillion things yeah. happening. I'd probably been in five different cities during the week for my work. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, finally, Friday night and Saturday morning, I'm settling into, oh, great. Okay. I get to go to church on Sunday, but you've been trying to communicate to me all week. And I, I couldn't, you yeah. know, so like when yeah. I went on church staff, I was so aware of that, that I was like, if, if they're in front of me, I am, I am taking every minute to connect with them you know, engage with them and keep them connected into this community because right. they're fighting so many other things for their attention, you know, throughout the week. So sorry, that was a total no, like, no, no but that good. travels Rabbit all trail. the way down yeah. to, to every single member of our church for sure or a regular attender. Cause we end up sitting in a row with people. We sit in the same spots every week, uh -huh. um, but we have been sitting there for years and don't know the people who are sitting next to us yeah. and we know mm -hmm. when they're not there, but we just don't know their names. And that's yeah. just another opportunity to, that's right. to, you know, I, I come to church sometimes just for me, um, but that's not what the church was designed for. It was designed for community yeah, and right. taking those opportunities and being intentional about it to to meet the people next to me, even though I have to make it awkward when I say, hey, we've been sitting together for five years and I still don't know your name. <laughs> but go ahead and then do that because then it matters. Now we're that's I'm, right. They're, they I'm feel caring seen. For them. Yeah. yeah. And, and so do I. It goes both, both yes. ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love on, uh, so on, on Mondays at one o'clock, we have a, a time where our staff gets together and we talk about um, the highs uh -huh. of, of, of the weekend and, and, and all the services. And one of my favorite things is hearing from the other campuses because yes. I don't get to be there. I don't see what goes on, but then I hear the campus pastors, I hear Jeremy, I hear Drew talk about what happened in, on their campus. And they mention families and, and names that, that I don't know, yeah. but it's, it's, it's an awareness that God is doing at these campuses, right. what he's doing here. And it's all, and we're all connected. Yeah. So it's just this really powerful. And it, and again, it's, you know, self because we're kind of selfish beings, you know, it's, it's not about me, you know, mm -hmm. it's not about me. It's, it's about what God is doing in all these other people's lives. Yeah. So it's incredible to be a part of. So and it's easier at the smaller campus that we talked about. You shared that with our mm -hmm. staff. Would you, if, would you would share that again uh, of, of what you see at a, at a, when a campus is a little smaller yeah. versus when it's a little larger. That's right. Yeah. When, when the campus is a little smaller, it's like you are aware of, Oh, was so-and-so here this week? Oh, I didn't see this family. Oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, they've been missing for two weeks now. Like you're, you're very aware when it's a yeah. little bit smaller congregation, like you're very aware of who's there or who's not there and you're engaged. But then what I would see a lot of times as our campuses got bigger is that we weren't as conscious of the individuals. We'd just go, oh, there were 2,000 people here today. Yeah. Um, but we weren't talking about the individuals that we did see or didn't see. And so that was always my push on our team was like, wait a minute, like, like let's not lose the individuals. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I'm thrilled 2,000 people were here. But if we don't know who they were or yeah. if we're not conscious of those handful of people that we're personally connected with and looking for and we don't know if they were there or not there um i think that's when we lose some of that relational heart and yeah. smallness yeah. that we still long for yeah um even in a larger church so i think just awareness of that is really powerful i do too and i saw it for this sure. past weekend we didn't have 
at, at our other campuses, we didn't have a service on Thursday nights, um, but we had one here. Mm-hmm. And our children's director, Manny Spittler, um, from the 211 campus, was here at 316. And I was walking down the hallway, and she was talking to somebody, and she came up to me later, and she, she showed me the list of people that she had met that that was their first time, and she doesn't go to this campus. I love um, that. But she was super intentional. But she's aware of it. Yeah. Uh, and and I, we walked by the living room, and there was a couple in there that had a brand new baby. And I said, I, I said, yeah, that's that's so and so, and they just had that baby. It's like five weeks old. And she goes, what's their name again? And she went back into the room and met them and spent time with them and saw them and wrote their name down so she could so write good. them a card this week. And mm-hmm. this it was really yeah. a cool thing to see. And she's coming from that smaller campus. That yeah. that's that's. It's really important there, but it's really important here uh-huh. right. at a larger campus as well. Yeah, right. I love that. I yeah. love the, the intentionality and heart in that. And I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed thinking, well, I can't do it for everybody. But yeah. if I can, you know, stop and say hello to that family That's with a right. new baby, um, what an impact that makes on them. And again, if if we're all thinking that way, yes, great. then great culture for sure. It, yeah, it's yeah, the culture that we're creating and the fact that it's pretty unlikely that somebody's going to get missed, you know, right. if, if all of us are thinking through that lens. I think we underestimate the importance of that one-on-one discipleship mm-hmm. um, and how important it is. And I love what you said to us earlier about um, how to lean into the shifts and changes and the growth without mm-hmm. losing who we are. Yeah. So that is, uh, I, I think, as long as we're, you know, staying intentional and trying to keep people you know, people, yeah. people matter. They yeah. matter. That's it. And, and, uh, and trying to keep that at the forefront of what we do. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, God's going to do amazing things. So, so good. Cool. Well, any, you have any final thoughts you want to share with us or any, uh, any parting wisdom you want to? <laughs> well, I would just say, I just, I, I have loved connecting with Bethlehem church through the years. I've had the privilege of, um, connecting with several of your pastors and yes. you, Angela and Chevez. And then now being able to be here, I've, I've virtually like done some, I think I zoomed into a staff meeting one time. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's such a privilege to be here and see what you guys are doing and how you're reaching the community and really everybody who's a part of the church and just making a difference and an impact. I shared the story with the staff earlier today, but, um, my family came to faith when I was eight, but it was a very distinct moment and a random Sunday that my mom decided to go to church on the invitation of my uh, great uncle. And every week somebody is showing up for the first time and we don't know their story and we don't know what God is doing in their lives. But as both staff members and as congregational members, it's like we get to be a part of creating an environment where they feel safe, trusted and um, loved enough to hear the hope of the gospel. That's right. And so we just never know when those stories are happening. So I would just say first, thanks for everybody for your faithfulness. Like just the, the local church is God's it's, it's, it's the strategy he yeah. uses to reach people. Yes. Right. And we get to be a small part of that. And I just not losing sight of what a gift it is that God chooses to partner with us to do his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. just uh, grateful that everybody at Bethlehem is a part of that. Well, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the ways that you pour into leaders mm-hmm. and your heart for leadership. That is, uh, it has been such a gift to me in, in my life. And, uh, um, you know, as, as leaders, it's hard sometimes to, you know, to find mentors and find mm-hmm. people that, you know, that you want to pour into you because you're constantly pouring out That's to right. others. So thank you for, for doing that. It's a privilege. And it's, it's, I, I've learned so much and I'm thank, very grateful. So thank you for being here with thanks us. For and having thank, me. For, thanks for all you do. 
And thank you to all of our listeners here at Beyond Sunday. We are so grateful for you. Uh, if you have any questions or comments and you want to reach out to us, uh, we'll have information about Jenny and the Foresight Group in our show notes. Uh, reach out to us at Beyond Sunday at BethlehemChurch.us. And as always, God bless. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. <music>